And we're looking tonight at Joshua's charge as far as ministry is concerned. <clears throat> Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll read and we'll uh, look. Father in heaven, would you bless us tonight now, Lord, as we look to your word. Blessed Spirit, guide in what you want to be said and in the hearts that you want to be touched. And Lord, may we be open to what you want to do in our lives in Jesus' name. All right, Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not be any, any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now, this is Joshua's challenge, but it's Joshua's challenge to succeed. He's being told how to succeed. He's been told how to win, how to be a winner, uh, you might say. And the same thing is true for each one of us. Lots of truth here uh, that we can take and we can lay hold upon. And we're going to take a short time tonight and go through it. Uh, but, but this is not just for Joshua, it's for all of us. If you're going to be a winner, these principles have to be applied in your life. All right? First of all, uh, we see that Joshua was Moses' minister. Minister means servant. He, he took care of Moses. He looked out for Moses. That was his job. Joshua was not the lead man. Joshua was the servant of Moses. Through thick and thin, through good times and bad times, when, when there were problems and when there were not problems, Joshua was a servant. That's what he was. But Bible talks about Elisha. Um, and Elisha was he that poured water on Elijah's hands. You know, that it's just, he was a servant. And the, the, the best training you have for success is to learn to submit, to learn to yield your will to those that are in authority over you, to learn to, to learn to put yourself in the place because ultimately God wants you to learn to yield your will to him and to submit to him. You know, submission for many people is something they have to try and get out of the way so that they can lead and do a better job than the leader. Joshua wasn't like that. Joshua was a servant. And you almost get the sense that when Joshua is made the leader, he's kind of surprised. You know, that Joshua wasn't uh, hankering after this, that Joshua wasn't waiting on Moses to get out of the way so he could get, uh, have his place. Joshua was happy to be a servant. That was his place. And the servanthood was the training or the testing ground for leadership. And he's, he's a great leader. He's going to be a great leader. Right? But the training ground was submission. Now, understand this. What you're going through right now is God's training ground for you to be something else. It's God's testing time. And you want to test, you either pass or you fail. 
Understand that you either pass the test or you fail the test. You know, if you pass the test, you move on. If you fail the test, you'll never know what God had for you. You'll never know what blessings God had for you. Uh, Verse 2 says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now that almost seems, you know, irreverent. Just like that. Moses is dead. It's over. He's gone. He's off the face of the earth. And God's kind of put him to one side. And now he's dealing with Joshua. Understand this, it will happen to all of us. It will happen to all of us. There will come a day when no matter how important we feel we are in our lives and in our ministries or or whatever, God will put us aside. But we're only passing through. We're just pilgrims passing through. So no matter what we're doing, there's coming a day when we're going to step out of this and it's going to all be put to one side. You know, it's not as serious as we think it is. You know, the nation of Israel thought Moses could not be replaced. He was Moses. You know, they still talk about Moses. You know, but you know what? When God decided it was time for Moses to go, Moses went. Because really, it was not Moses. Now, Moses knew that. Moses didn't have any delusions about himself. Moses knew it was God. The people really didn't know it was God. But, but what happens is, God shows them that it's him. It's me. I'm in charge. You understand that, that God is in charge of all of us. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, down all this people, unto the land which I do give them. What's God saying? God's saying, I give it to them. I'm going to give them this land. You're going to be the leader, Joshua, but I'm going to give them this land, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Right? And he goes on to tell them the extent of it. Now, Israel's never owned all that land. They've made great forays into it from time to time, but they've never actually owned all that land. You know why? God gave it, but they were supposed to take it. God said, it's yours, go take it. But you know what? They got lazy. They got comfortable. And they got satisfied. And they never took it. What they did was they enjoyed a small portion of it. They'll need the Lord Jesus Christ to lead them to actually take all the land eventually. But, you know, they never took it. You know, God has given you much in your Christian life. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 with me. Because we're in Joshua, right? Verse 3. Blessed be the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You know what? God has given you a lot in your life. He's given you victory over sin. Now that, that's what Romans chapter 6 tells us, right? Sin shall not have dominion over you if you're not under the law, but under grace. God's given you victory over sin. Take it. Take it. God's given you the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. Take it. God's given you many gifts in heavenly places, but you've got to take them. You've you got to step up and take them. You know, sometimes believers live impoverished lives, spiritually speaking, Because they won't take what God's given them. They won't actually step out and take it. You see, Israel never enjoyed all the land. In fact, Israel came to be subservient to the inhabitants of the land. Because what is it in your life that God has given you that you're not taking? You know, we talked about abundant life this morning. We talked about lot to, to, to lost people, effectively, about uh, you know Jesus Christ offering life and life more abundantly. But you know what? The best testimony for that is your life. And the best bad report for that is your life too. Is your life an abundant life? And you say, well, no, you know, i got this problem and that problem and the other problem. You know, what is it in your life that you need to take? 
But is it in your life that the enemy has sold you a bill of goods and told you that, listen, you can't take this. This is not possible for you. You need to take it. You need to rise up in faith and take it. God is saying to Joshua, Joshua, everywhere that the soles of your foot shall touch is yours. Take it. And as much as Joshua took, he, was, he got it. became his. It became the nation's. But in our lives, very often, there's vast tracts of land that are not taken. Well, I know that I should have that, and I know that the Bible says I should have that, but you know, in my life, it's kind of diff- different and difficult, and I don't think I can have that. Well, you can't. Because you've, you've got to touch it with the sole of your feet. You've got to actually go and take it. God's planned for you to take it. Just take it. Go and do it. Take it. If God has given it to you, if God has given you those riches in heavenly places, take it. You know, some of you long to see people, to see your life used to impact people. And you're not seeing it, and so you back off. You know, let's go forward. God has plans for your life. Take it. Oftentimes, what happens is we just get weary. The nation of Israel are going to go into land under Joshua. They're going to take huge amounts of land. They're going to have great victories. And then they're going to relax. And then they're going to say, you know, Joshua, look, it's a lot of work beating these guys up and taking their land off them. We, we, we have enough. We're okay. We're happy. You know, we're happy with the little we have. God says to you, no, 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 don't be happy with the little. Reach out and take it. Back to, to Joshua. It says in verse 5, There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now, what's he telling Joshua here? He's saying, Joshua, nobody is going to be able to withstand you. Nobody is going to be able to stand against you. Everyone that rises up to stand against you, Joshua, I'm going to give them into your hands. I'm going to enable you to defeat them, Joshua. You don't have to let that happen because, Joshua, I am going to to, to defeat them and to show you my power. So it's going to be known of you that nobody is able to stand before you. Often let Satan have the upper hand in our lives. But we so often let the enemy act like he's winning. Act like he's the winner. You know, the, the reality is that Satan is a defeated foe. Did you know that? He roams about like a roaring lion, but when you step out against him in faith, he's a defeated foe. He has nothing he can say to you. But when you resist him, whom resists steadfast in the faith, we read last week, when you resist him in the faith, listen, he has no option. But There's nothing he can do. He cannot stand against you. He cannot win over you. Some of you feel like, listen, I can't win against him. Great for me. That's not true. That's a lie that he spawned. Whatever it is in your life that shouldn't be there, that you know shouldn't be there, that you know God is not happy with, listen, get rid of it. Deal with it. Don't listen to the lies that say to you, there's no way out of it for you. Listen, reach out and take it because God has given you victory. He bought you victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't allow yourself to be put in bondage to him. Right? <clears throat> Verse 6 says, be strong and of a good courage. So you have to be strong and of a good courage. Now look, <clears throat> folks, is it easier to be strong or to be weak? Is it easier to go to battle or is it easier to sit home watching telly? Oh, not better for you. And you know that. And you'd sooner be the kind of person that goes out to battle. And nobody daydreams about being a couch potato, do they? You know, you're, you're going to ask the children in any school and they're, they're not going to say, yeah, well, when I grow up, I want to be a couch potato. I want to draw the dough and sit on the couch and watch TV all day. You know, the, the, you, nobody aspires to that. Right? Now, 
But oftentimes that's where we end up. Oftentimes we end up falling into the default place whereby we're just doing the easy. God is calling Joshua and saying to Joshua, be strong. Now, to be strong means, you know what? <clears throat> You've got to be on the edge. You've got to be out there pushing. You know, you, you, you know he, he, if Joshua is going to be strong, he's going to have a life that's going to be on the cutting edge. It's not going to be a relaxed, easy life. God doesn't tell Joshua, Joshua, listen, be strong uh, to plant wheat and barley. Be strong to sit at home and take care of your wife and family. He says, Joshua, I want you to be strong. I want you to go out there and take land. Go out there and defeat enemies. Joshua, I want you to go out there and fight. Joshua, I want you to do the uncomfortable thing. I want you to do the hard thing, Joshua. I want you to step out of yourself and challenge yourself and do what's not, that which is not easy for you to do. God calls us to step forward and to do things that are not easy. Give up and let things slide in your life. God says, don't do it. God says, don't do it. Step out. You see, <clears throat> Joshua was supposed to be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Here's an interesting thing. God's going to give them the land. They're going to take the, take the land. Joshua is going to divide the land. Do you understand that Joshua was a key part of what God was going to do as far as the land is concerned? That Joshua had a key part. He was supposed to lead them into the land. He was supposed to show them to take this land. If Joshua rested on his laurels and took it easy, they'd never have it. If Joshua chose the easy path, they'd never have it. God's saying to him, Joshua, I want you to be strong and have a good courage. Dad's for a moment. Dad... If you don't decide to lead your family in the right direction, guess what? Your family... And it's easy for you to say, well, you know what, bless God, that's just the way it worked out for me. No, no, your Mothers have huge responsibilities and it can be a huge blessing in a home, but mothers are not charged with the responsibility of leading families. Dads are. Dads are charged to lead their families in the right direction. You're charged to take the right stand and then move in the right direction and to lead your family in the right direction. Not the easy thing to do. You know what, when you make right decisions and do the right thing and lead in the right way, you're going to be out there on the line sometimes. You're going to be out there and everybody's going to be saying, are you sure you're right here? You've got to lead your family in the right direction. And when you abdicate your leadership, they'll never take the land. Mom can't lead them to take the land. Dad can lead them to take the land. You guys that are thinking of getting married, listen, don't get married. Don't get married until you're ready to step out there and do the business of leading a family. Because what we've got is we've got a generation of men that really don't want to lead. It's hard work. Let's let somebody else do it. Let's let somebody else be in charge. Leading is difficult. Leading is tough. But God says be strong and have a good courage because you're going to lead, Joshua. You know what? If Joshua wasn't strong and of good courage, he couldn't lead. And if he wasn't going to lead, he wouldn't need to be strong and of good courage anyway. He was to lead them. God says it again in verse 8. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do all the law, law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Interesting thought here. Joshua is not told to be strong and courageous to wield a sword. He's not told to be strong and courageous in combat. We would expect that. No, he's not, he's not told that. He's told to be strong and courageous to follow God's word. To find God's way and to lead his family in that way. He's to follow all the law that Moses gave him to follow. He's to take the word of God and he's to follow it. <clears throat> he's to do according to all the law. 
Look what it says. It says, Turn not to, from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now, what's it talking about? Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left. Listen, you know, the Word of God hits it, boom, right on the head and tells you what you're supposed to do. And you say, yeah, well, I know that's right, but I think I'll just do this. Now, I'm not really doing against the Word of God, but I'm not quite doing it. I'm just veering a little bit to the right. Or maybe I'll veer a little bit to the left. But I'm not going to hit it right on the head and do what God says do. And you know what? When you don't hit it right on the head and do what God says do, you're disobedient. That's what you're, what's happening then is you're storing up trouble for yourself. And you say, well, I tried to be obedient, but there are all these obstacles in the way. There always are obstacles in the way. That's why you've got to be strong and courageous to obey. There are always problems with obeying. There's an enemy to fight. The enemy's going to try and fight you there and on that point all the time. And you know, he's, he's going to stir up other people to fight against you. He's going to create circumstances that make it difficult. But you've got to take the Word of God and you've got to hit it right on the head. And this is what we're doing. We're doing what God says. And that takes courage. That takes strength. You've got to take and you've got to be a person of the book and a person who leads by the book. And by the way, all of you have leadership in some area. You've got to lead by the book. But you know what? Your children need to look at your life and they need to see somebody who's following the book. Somebody who's not veering from it to the right hand nor to the left. You need to be somebody that takes and follows the book. He says, this book of the law, sorry, back in verse 7, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Let me say this to you. God wants you to prosper in your life. Now, prospering doesn't mean a big fat bank account. It can mean that, but that's not what it means. God wants you to prosper in your life. You see, if Jesus came to give life and he came to give it more abundantly, it ought to show in your life. Is that fair? That's fair. Isn't that? That's reasonable. You know, that if Jesus came to give life and he had to give life more abundantly, there ought to be an abundance in your life. Where's the abundance in your life? You know, where's the abundance in your life? <clears throat> what abundance do you have? Was Jesus not talking about you? Or was he talking about you? If he came to give life and to give it more abundantly, then there ought to be abundance in our lives. Now, he didn't specify exactly what it is there, but there ought to be abundance in our lives. When we're going around a sorry bunch of Christians and we don't have anything to be happy about, there's a problem. When there's no joy, when there's no success, when there's no glory, when there's nothing that really is working out in our lives, you've got to say to yourself, well, what's wrong here? You see, there's supposed to be prosperity. There's supposed to be success. Now, I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. You know, you do right, God's going to bless you and go lots of money. I don't believe that. That's, that's, that's false. That's not true according to Scripture. But there definitely should be prosperity and blessing in your life when you're following God. If there's not, why isn't there? I can't answer that one for you. God can. You know, the Holy Spirit's a brilliant communicator. The Holy Spirit's able to communicate anything that we listen to. God wants, God wants you to be prosperous in your life. God wants you to be blessed in your life. He doesn't want you to have poverty of spirit. He doesn't want you to have poverty of life. He wants you to be blessed in your life. But it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by following the book. It happens by doing it God's way. You see, when you think about it, what would it take God to bless your life? Nothing. Isn't that right? Nothing. I mean, does God have to stretch and strain? Does God, you know, listen, the recession's hit hard and he's had to bail out all the banks and he's really, he's really struggling for cash up in heaven right now. Touch them. Never affected them. The riches, are, the riches of heaven are infinite. 
I.e., you can't exhaust them. You can't even put a dent in them. What would it take for God to bless your life? Great effort on God's part would it take uh, for God to bless Well, then, why doesn't he bless your life? You're going to say he doesn't choose to, and you're right. Next question is, why doesn't he choose to? Rome doesn't lie with God. It's not because God doesn't particularly like you. It's not because, you know, listen, <clears throat> you've annoyed God and he's just not going to help you. There's a reason why God can't bless. There's a reason why God can't take care of And you know what? Get the reason out of the way and God will be able to bless. God wants to bless your life. He wants you to have life and have life more abundantly. You know, <clears throat> so whatever is stopping him, get it out of the way. Don't but deal with it. Now, typically, in order for you and I to deal with what stops God blessing us, we'd have to take a cold, hard look at ourselves, and we're not good at that. Not good at taking a cold, hard look at ourselves. What is it with me that would hinder God's blessing? And listen, <clears throat> until you're willing to do that, you'll never know. And there's no point in you taking a look at it and then discounting it and saying, well, it's not true. Listen, you've got to come to the place in your life where you take a cold, hard look at yourself, and you say, okay, Lord, what's well, because I'm listening. God's able to Because God wants to prosper you. God wants to bless you. A life that's abundant. <clears throat> Verse 8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Right? <clears throat> did, you know, did, did, did you know what Joshua's talking about? He's talking about the, the first five books of the, of the law. He doesn't even have all that you have. He doesn't have all the glorious truth that you have. He doesn't have the glorious revelation of heaven. He doesn't have the glorious revelation of the cross. He doesn't understand all the teachings of Paul. There's so much he doesn't have. But God is telling him, I want you to focus on this book and I want you to learn it and I want you to study it. I want you to meditate upon it day and night. How much time did you spend in the last week meditating upon the Word? How much time did you spend studying the Word to find the answers to your problems? Well, you say, well, you know what, I didn't have a lot of time. Well, you know, I had devotions three times this week, and you've got a smile on your face because you think you really did a great thing. I mean, well, listen, I have devotions every day this week, but I really haven't spent much time in the Word. You're supposed to meditate upon it day and night. Now, what is, well, if I was to tell you to meditate upon something day and night, what, what do you think you'd be doing? You'd be thinking about it more than anything else, wouldn't you? Isn't that reasonable? That, you know, that's what's supposed to be your thought life, the Word of God. You know, listen, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can, have, you can occupy your mind with and you can think about, but it doesn't do you much good, does it? A lot of it's just nonsense, isn't it? Oh, it says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are good, we're supposed to think on those things. We're not supposed to spend our time thinking on nonsense. You know, listen, we are a nation, we are a generation that have learned how to amuse ourselves. What does it mean to amuse yourself? Amuse, ah is not, and muse is think. To amuse is to not think. And listen, that's what we do. We've perfected it to a fine art. We can actually spend hours not thinking, with somebody else doing our thinking for us. We can spend hours letting somebody else do the thinking, hours watching telly, hours watching dumb films, hours watching stuff that's of absolutely no value. Because God wants you to meditate on his word. Meditate on the word day and night. Listen, my, my, I'd be absolutely no use at all. 
No, if you were to meditate on the word day and night, you'd be a success. That's what meditate on my word. Let it be rolling around in your heart and your mind every time you have a problem. We talked about relationships, how to get along with people. And we talked about some stuff that's really basic, basic. And you know what? If you applied it to your life, it would revolutionize your life. The Bible says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. Hey, it's true. Praise the Lord. It's true. It's written in the Bible. Everything in the Bible is true. Is it true for you, though? If it's true for you, you'll apply it. If it's true for you, you'll deal your life like that. A soft answer turneth away wrath. So when somebody's getting angry and frustrated and upset with you, instead of you retaliating, you come in with a soft answer. Did you speak? Or can you look back at three or four times, you know what, well, I didn't do that. You know, and there's all kinds of reasons why you didn't do that, but you didn't do it. And you know what that's saying? That's saying you really don't believe the Bible is true when it says that. It's Proverbs 15, one of you need to check it out. The Bible says many things that we actually take and we say, that's great, that's wonderful truth, and we walk away and leave it behind. You know, I've got shelves full of books up in my office. And many of them are so helpful. But do you know the only truth in those books that's any help to I've got in my heart? What's actually real for me? You know, the only thing of the Bible that's any good to me is what's real from the Word. What I've applied and seen actually impact my life. You see, God wants you to meditate on His Word day and night because that's where success is. That's where winners come from. Winners are people who think like God. Winners are people who think God's Word. You want to be a winner, but you can't be unless you meditate uh, the, uh, on his word, unless, it's be, unless it becomes your most prevalent thought. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now don't just meditate on it. Say, isn't that wonderful? Do it. All of it. Every bit of it. Listen, you know, I, I, I think we could probably say this, <clears throat> that the measure of success we enjoy in life is directly proportionate to our application of the truth of Scripture in our life. That's true. In other words, if I obey the Scripture 50%, I'll have 50% success. If I obey the Scripture uh, 75%, I'll have 75% success. And if I obey the Scripture 25%, I'll have 75% failure. That's fair, fair and reasonable to say. I think that's true. You know, I think the book has the answers. I think God has the answers. But you know what? We need to take and apply them in order to know them. We need to take and apply the Word in order for us to actually know what it is that God has for us in the Word. If we're going to know the success God has for us, we have to take and apply it. Meditate therein day and night and then apply it. Now, look, you say, Pastor, you're being very hard tonight. No, look, this is not hard. This is really helpful. See, it's not rocket science and it's not, you know, some fantastic plan that we have to work out. Simple. Oh, by the way, this comes back to the idea of Joshua, the son of Nun, being Moses' minister. Because you know what? Joshua had learned to whatever Moses said. Joshua was saying, yes, sir. So that he had learned to say, yes, sir, to Moses. And now God's saying, now listen, I want you to say, yes, sir, to me every day, all the time. And Joshua's saying, yes, sir. And he's ready to do exactly what God said for him to do. He's not wrestling with it. He's not playing with it. He's saying, yes, sir. And the success Joshua's going to know, he's going to know because of a heart that says yes, sir, to God. You know what? <clears throat> Have you learned to submit like that? Have you learned to yield like that, to give yourself to God like that and to do it God's way? You find, you, know, you find this little avenue that's just to the right of the Word of God. 
or, or, or just to the left of the Word of God. Don't hit it straight on and say yes. You don't deal with it God's way. You don't do it the way God would have you to do it. Oh, what's the problem? Why does it not work for me? It only works if you obey. Only can know success if you obey. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Isn't that what you want? This, this is the way. The way of success is the book. Is following God. Is doing it God's way. Listen, do you think it's possible that you could really give yourself to following the book and come to the end of your days and look back over your life and say, well, you know what, I wish I'd done it differently. I, I wish I'd had more fun. I wish I'd didn't done more, more of what I wanted to do. You're not going to find... Listen, when you come to the end of your days, you're going to look back over your life and the places where you truly obeyed and internalized Scripture are going to be the back and they were success. And the places where you played with Scripture and hit it and on the right, veered from the right to the right or to the left, they're going to be the place you're going to, you're going to look back and you're going to say, oh man, that was, oh, I missed it there. God wants you to hit it straight on, the, the, hit the head, uh, the, the nail on the head. He wants you to do it His way. And then you'll enjoy good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Right? Now he puts in here, he says, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed. You know what, when God tells you, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, you know what, you're going to face times when it's possible for you to be afraid and dismayed. Joshua was certainly going to face those times. I mean, they went and they took <clears throat> um, Jericho. Fantastic, terrific, wonderful job. The walls fell down, they took the city, and they're going around, wow, are we an army or what? They did nothing except blow their trumpets, but they're really thinking highly of themselves. You know, next, next town on the line is Ai. Let's go take Ai. Yeah, well, you know what? Listen, we're such good fighters. We don't need to all go up there. Let's not drag everybody up there. Uh, let's just send up 30,000 guys and um, go for it and, and destroy it. And you know what? They get destroyed. Now, why did they get destroyed? Joshua really wasn't aware of it. But Joshua's down on his face and he's praying and he's pleading with God and he's saying, Oh, God! How did you let this happen? Now everybody's going to hear about it. We're going to be destroyed. We're going to be, we're going to be torn apart. And God says to him, Joshua, get up. Joshua interrupted. God interrupted the prayer meeting and said, Joshua, this is not the time for prayer. Joshua, there's sin in the camp. Go deal with it. Joshua, follow the book and you'll have success. So Joshua goes and they find Achan and Achan gets destroyed and they, they deal with the sin the way God would have them to deal with the sin. And they move on. By the way, did you ever notice that, that God's pretty ruthless? God didn't say, look, uh, put Achan outside the camp and make sure that he follows at least a mile behind. God said, kill him. And his family. Let there be no remembrance of him. God's is ruthless. God, when God deals with sin, he deals with it. You know, there's a lesson there to learn for you. Deal with it. Don't play with it. Deal with it. Go all the way. Tear it out, root and all. Don't let anything stay. Don't let anything be there to take and to, uh, and to come back at you. Don't let anything, uh, leave anything to haunt you. Listen, deal with it completely. God wants you to do. You see, <clears throat> Israel knew success when they followed the book. And they knew failure when they didn't. Those decisions, you know failure. Maybe somebody's here and you're about, just about to make a decision. You've got a decision on the line and you're just about to make the decision and you're looking at the Word of God but you've found a way to the right hand of it. 
Or you found a nice little avenue to the left hand of it. And you're not going to hit it straight on the head. And God says it's going to fail. not going to work. It's going to fail because you've got to hit it straight on the head. I'll do exactly what I want you to do. You've got to take and do it my way. Okay, but if I do it his way, it's never going to work. Ah, but that's where you're wrong. The only possible way for it to work is for you to do it his way. Remember the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and lean on your own understanding. You're supposed to say, Yes, Lord. We don't hit the nail straight on the head. We don't do exactly God's way. And because we don't, we fail. Have mercy. If you've done that in the past, God will forgive you and God will turn it around. If you're about to do that, God will forgive you and God will change it if you'll come to him. As we close tonight, the challenge to you is, listen, hit the nail. Be your source. Let the word be your teacher. Let Then meditate on it and then do it all the way. And I guarantee you, based on the word of God, if you do it that way, you'll know success. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask you to bless it now to us. And Lord, may it be that we as your people take on board the word and the truth and deal with it in that way. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And the Spirit of God is dealing with somebody tonight. God is dealing with you. You have to make a decision that works from your perspective. But you know what? That's, that's not what God wants. And listen, you know, you've rationalized it and you've taken counsel and you've worked it out that that's the best way to do it, even though you know it's not. The Spirit of God right now is saying to you, He's speaking to you. The Spirit of God is saying to you, listen, this is you. Either you say, get ask forgiveness for, for wanting to go a different direction, Sitting here tonight, God is speaking to you. That is exactly what God wants. It's just a nice little avenue. God is speaking to you like that. Would you just lift your hand so I can pray for you? Let me ask you one other question here. You're here tonight, and the Spirit of God is dealing with you because you're in the habit. Spirit of God, and you know what it says, but you are a badge of a two-edged sword. kind of loosely to your life. You know, if it looks like it'll work, you'll do it, but it doesn't look like it works. Dangerous place to be. You've got in the habit of kind of hitting it to one side of the other. hit it straight. Yeah, I kind of, kind of take and apply it. Little pieces of the territory that God has. Piece by piece, what he's doing is he's undermining, pulling away, and he's tearing down the blessings of God. Don't let the enemy have his way. Listen, if he's not speaking to me, I'm getting in a hang the word loosely when it comes. Father, thank you, Lord, for working in hearts and lives. Lord, would you move in the hearts and lives of your people?